Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Hey gang, it's Zach and Laura with Marriage Therapy Radio. Thanks for listening. I hope you're having a great whatever today is. I know it's December, which means it's time to unleash my favorite um, dad joke, which goes like this. What did one snowman say to the other snowman? You smell carrots? <laughs> I love that joke. It's like three layers deep. Um, I love the topic we're working on today. It's resentment. I love working on it uh, with couples, and I hope you'll enjoy this conversation. Stick around. Good afternoon. Hi. Hey. Hey, you said you have an appointment at one. Is that my one or your one? Um, that is my one. That was actually a lie. That was just me because I get so frustrated <laughs> when you are late to podcasting. That I want you to oh, know you that mean, my time is valuable. So I was trying to give you, you some boundaries. Right on. So that's why you texted me like 10 minutes before you thought maybe we were meeting. And no, said, no, no. no. It, was, it was a friendly reminder. It wasn't. That uh, was me. Oh. Yes. It had a question mark on it. Well, that was the friendly part. It wasn't a demand. <laughs> we are meeting. It was we are meeting okay. question mark. Anyway. Yeah. Sweet. Um, what's going on in your world besides being late uh, and wasting my time? That's not okay. That didn't happen today. Um, hey, um, 20, 22 minutes. Let's see. I, um, let's see what's going on. Uh, not too much. Uh, my kid's going to be on TV again. That's cool. And yeah. they just released the trailer. So that's going to be fun. What's the name of the January. program? Can you tell? Called, yeah, you, I think so. Yeah. It's yeah. a cat's out of the bag. Cause they just released. So it's called schooled uh-huh. and it's a, it's a sitcom that's spinning off a couple characters from, a current sitcom called the Goldbergs. So if you watch the Goldbergs, mm-hmm. um, they're spinning off some characters into a new sitcom. So the Goldbergs takes place in the eighties and this new one takes place in the nineties, which means, which means my daughter who was born in 2003 will be a teenager in the nineties now twice. Uh-huh. And what is yeah. your, what is your daughter's character's name? Becky. Becky. When does it come out? January 9th. Awesome. Okay. January 9th. Will you just send me uh, like a link or something? I don't have, yeah, to, we're I don't have, have cable. We're going to have a watching party. Okay. I like it. Yeah. Sounds good. Yeah. She doesn't come on until episode two, but... Uh, I'll watch the... Gonna... I actually watched the trailer, and I think it's going to be... Very, it's a cute show. I just don't right, have cable well, is the only problem. This episode of Marriage Therapy Radio is brought to you by ABC. It's <laughs> <laughs> <That's> awesome. <laughs> what if we had ABC as a sponsor? That would be... That would solve all of our problems. We're trying... Right. We're trying... Hey. To, to have sponsors, which would be the patrons yeah. of Marriage Therapy Radio. That's how we're yeah. trying to sponsor this. Yeah. So it's you. If you're listening, it's you. And you. if you're not, yeah, no, um, <laughs> no shame. No shame in my game. Hey, um, what's up with you? You're still, what are you, what are you doing? You're running a marathon? Not a marathon. I can't even yeah. imagine running a marathon. I'm training for a half marathon. And okay. every time I do it, my husband says, every time I go out and run, he goes, why are you doing this? And, uh, and it's, and I said, why are you, why are you questioning whether or not I'm running? Do you think it's bad for my joints? I mean, what's the purpose behind questioning it? And he said, because you complain about it the whole day before you have to run. And then I have to listen to it. And then I prepare. I'm like, I have to drink all this water. 
It's because I hate running. I really do. I hate it. But have you ever have you ever observed the face of anyone running ever that smiles? No, they hate everybody. Hates running. Oh. You think they're having the time of their lives and they're like, yeah. ah, groan, groan, groan. Yeah. I've never seen anyone smile while running. The only time I smile is when my running partner says last mile. And then I am like off and running and I'm like grinning from ear to ear and I'm like clapping with my gloves on. I am just one happy camper when he says last mile. So we did yeah. we did seven miles last week and then we're going to kind of back off a little because our, our half marathon is not until April. But we're Do you just, know what that's called when you back off? Rest? It's called tapering. Tapering. Okay, cool. Yeah, right. That's yeah. what I'm doing. I'm tapering. So next, next, time, next time you're talking to somebody, say, so we're going to start tapering. We're going to start tapering our runs, you know, just so we can get our mileage yeah. up, our speed, our there RPMs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> our running Do you know what a fart? Mile. Hey, 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 here, this is a real thing, too. Do you know what a fartlek is? A what? A fartlek. Can you tell me the origin of the word? I'm just kidding. <laughs> it's like a spelling. It's probably, <laughs> it's probably Scandinavian or something, but a fartlek is when in the course of distance training running, mm-hmm. you elect about every say three minutes yeah. to for 30 seconds run intentionally faster. Okay. So it's a, it's a, it's a short and uh, aggressive sprint in the middle of a long distance run to help uh-huh. you, uh, to help you build strength into your, yeah. into your, into sort your stride. Like and, the and high intensity yeah. interval training. I like yeah. it. While we're doing this podcast, by the way, I'm going to be painting my nails because okay. my husband will not let me cut my nails. Um, and so now I have to care for them. Usually I just eat them off because I'm disgusting, but I'm not going to do that. I'm going to care for them as if they are like a pet now because he likes to be uh. scratched with nails. Too much information? Yeah, probably. It's because I said chew. Remember- it's because I said chew. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, what are we doing today? Well, okay. So we had a listener that sent in um, a question and I thought, you know, we're just going to make it kind of a blanket and a little bit more generic because what it's really asking is the question of resentment and the role that resentment plays in relationships and how it can really affect people when they haven't gotten over certain things. Decisions made of, might have been made in the past like five years oh. or so. You didn't agree with the decision. You have a hard hard spot in your feelings towards your partner. You know that there's been distance between the two of you because of it. So we're talking about resentment, how to get over resentment. Um, yeah. You know that when you okay. drink out of that, you can actually hear the ice. Just cool. so you know. Okay. It's refreshing. <laughs> I'm going to get you a straw. Um, okay. Okay. All right. Um, so you no, said straws you are have, illegal. straws are bad now. Well, unless they're made out of, you can get steel straws, which to me sounds dangerous. Anytime I'm putting like a sharp object in my mouth, I'm always worried I'm going to get it caught in the roof of my mouth or something. They don't. They also have paper straws. They have paper straws as well. Yeah, made out right, of recycled so, cardboard. Okay, so um, you said I said something. What? Well, you have some opinions about resentment. You you. How do you teach um, this? How do you talk about resentment? Well, you know, you know me, and I don't know. I know we talked about this at the event last time, um, which I, this is a mini plug for our our Seven Principles event that we're putting on from next, time to time. Next but, one's <laughs> coming up in March in Seattle. Yeah, yeah, right on. But um, I am the big fan of reverse engineering. Like I like to take things at their core and figure out what is missing from the opposite. So, 
um, I don't, I don't quite remember the exact details of the, the email that we got. Although here's what I do know <clears throat> in their marriage and in, in any marriage, there are hundreds, if not thousands of offenses mm-hmm. against one another. Like you offend each other constantly. Yeah. Now we hang on to maybe 10 or 12 of them, right? 10 or 12 of them hold significant meaning for us. Right. But most of them we forget. We get over. We don't resent. It's true. Right? Yeah. So what I want to know is like, what do those things have in common? Like, why do we, why do we forget some things? Oh, that's interesting. We're not even at, we're not even at the part about the things that are, that have that, that we do resent. I'm at mm-hmm. the things that we don't like. Why do we let some things slide out of our brain? Okay. Why do we let, why do we? I, I have an answer to that because I agree. Okay. There's all of these tiny little moments. So we say this thing like small things often. It's the cumulative effect in relationships that really sort of creates the culture and the temperature of the relationship. So if you have all of these tiny little betrayals and they add up, it, it will take a toll on the relationship. And the opposite is true. Tiny, small moments of positivity add up as well. But I think that when you have a strong friendship and we, we, what we call the emotional bank account is full in the relationship, you give your partner the benefit of the doubt. So all of these small little betrayals, my husband is an hour late and he calls and says, I'll be home at five and he's home at six and he doesn't let me know. And that's a small betrayal, but it, I let it slide because we're in a happy place in our relationship and we have a happy relationship, happy friendship. Okay, so, you, so you know that now I have to talk about the 22 minutes that you continue to to highlight are we not in a happy place in our relationship oh no we are because i was joking and uh, although zach if you keep doing it i might get frustrated and hold it against you okay you might resent me i might resent you well see okay so i'm with you on your theory about um the emotional bank account but i also think that it's unique to the couple it's unique to the person even Mm. you know people hang on to some stuff and they let some stuff go and it's usually part of their it's usually part of their larger narrative that they have okay. built it up, built up. Okay. Um, there are things that I resent, I guess, in my home because I care about very few things. Mm. And the things that I do care about, I care about them a lot. And when my family doesn't do the things that I care about a lot, then I get triggered uh, because of some other part of my story, not because of it's actually a bad thing that they put the cast iron pots in the dishwasher. Right. I'm like, do not put the cast iron pots are in the dishwasher. Are you not supposed to do that? Don't do that. <laughs> wash your wash your cast iron pots by hand but um some but, people you know, would even say don't wash your cast iron pots all of that grit left over is that's just flavoring for the next meal is that disgusting okay. also no um okay. so that's part of it i think you know you got to reverse engineer because it opens the door then to really narrow in on what does what do the things you resent have in common mm-hmm. like i would say in my house it's i've made it very clear what my preference is I don't have very many preferences. And when you ignore those preferences, I feel uh, disrespected. And so then I start to build resentment. Now, that's not the same for everybody. Not everybody has that same. Some people really have resentment around time or they have resentment around, um, you know, again, in this in this note, sort of a decision that was made um, independent of of the other, like that we made a major life decision without me. Yeah. Um, So what I'm hearing you say is that it's really important to understand the reasoning behind it, your story, the narrative, the reason why that, why that mean is meaningful to you. Why are you building resentment? Yeah. I mean, and I'm talking specifically about resentment. Like what is it about 
what is it about the the condition of the world that triggers the resentment but gene inside of you or the okay. resentment cord inside of you because because it's not the same for everybody and mm-hmm. you need to understand that in order to be able to to dissect it a little bit okay so so it's so it, with our with our listener the, our listener would specifically need to ask himself what why am i resentful of this like what is it about me and this specific incident and why I'm holding resentment around it. Then what? What's the next step once you have some personal insight? Well, I think the other side of it, right, is I think you you talked about forgiveness, right? I love having this conversation with people because you need to, whether or not you know it, you have a philosophy or a theory about forgiveness. Mm-hmm. Um, and the, the easiest one to put your finger on is like the kind of the Christian theory of forgiveness, which is basically boils down to, Jesus forgave me, so I should forgive other people. Okay. Um, that's kind of that's kind of the theory, right? And so, often people who hold that faith as their primary faith, they can latch onto that philosophy and then leverage it in terms of pointing it into their relationships. Um, some people don't have that philosophy, but they do have a philosophy. Um, like I only forgive people if they ask me to, or mm. I forgive people because it's good for me. To forgive. Mm-hmm. I don't really even, I'm not, it's not even for the other person. It's for right. me so that right. I don't build up resentment. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I think, lean, I, I lean in that direction, by the way. Yeah. I think you need to understand your philosophy of forgiveness because yeah. then you can articulate or begin to manage what you do with your resentment. Um, okay. My favorite definition of forgiveness, and it's the one that I use all the time with, um, with couples is, um, Abandoning hope for a different past. Mm, wow. Giving up hope, giving up hope for a different past. Okay. Um, because that's really what resentment is, right? You, you, you want the past to be different mm. and it's not. So what are you going to do with that fact? Wow. That's pretty powerful. It's never not going to be true that Ryan came home an hour late and didn't tell you. Yeah. Like that's never not going to be true. So mm-hmm. what are you going to do to sort of rewrite the past mm. in order to release yourself from the resentment? Because resentment's toxic, right? It's toxic to the holder. Right. And um, so I don't know. I think two things, right? You've got to understand the DNA of your resentment, where it comes from and what it's about. And I think you have to understand what your philosophy of forgiveness is so that you can leverage it against the toxicity of your resentment. So something, yeah, I I wanted to say this one more time. It's abandoning hope for a different past. I wrote that down. Uh, There's not a lot of things that you say that I write down, but Zach, you were brilliant in that moment. Um, Thank you. You're welcome. The other thing. Big smile on my face. (laughs) I know. One compliment per show. Um, So the other piece that I think is really important. Averaging over the lifetime of the show, I might add. Exactly. Sometimes I get three, (laughs) but often I get zero. (laughs) That's right. Um, what you said is that resentment is toxic to the person who holds the resentment, but it is toxic to the relationship. Sometimes people don't realize, but when you have resentment that builds up, what it does is it, it leads to withdrawal in partners and it puts that space between two people. And the other piece that I've heard is that it really, it causes you to lack vulnerability in your relationship, that when you hold resentment for your partner, you're less likely to be vulnerable, which if you're lacking vulnerability, then you're lacking opportunities to become intimate with one another, more deeply connected. So you got to get that resentment out. And if you're holding resentment, then you need to, like what you said, step one, where does it come from? Step two, 
what is your philosophy on forgiveness? But I think step three is having that conversation with your partner that you are, we talked about this in the last episode that because you have a partner and you're married to them or they're your life partner, um, you have these, what did you call them? You have these uh, two, uh, you know what I'm talking about? Mm, Keep going. You have these two, uh, I, like benefits basically. Oh which yeah, I was two surprised. privileges. Two, two privileges. Two privileges, yeah. But you also have this other privilege that I'm seeing, which is you have the privilege to make up. You have the privilege of yeah. being able to come to your partner. Reconcile, yeah. And reconcile and talk about what you're holding resentment for. So if if our listener is listening, I would say have that conversation with your partner. And I know I've had clients that have said, I'm scared. I'm scared because I know it's going to be emotional. And sometimes emotions are an uncomfortable place for people to go to because they haven't Mm -hmm. had conversations like this before. But I, I think it can be here. You have a relationship where vulnerability has caused a rift between the two of them has caused a divide. And then a conversation about those resentments can actually bring you so much closer because you're able to have that vulnerability and talking openly with one another about your pain and discomfort and how, you know, you were wronged in the past and yeah. recognizing that you can't undo the past. Well, actually, so here's where I would go with that. Um, it's not necessarily true that you were wronged in the past. Hmm. It's true that you're telling yourself a story that you were wronged in the past. Okay. And you're telling yourself a story about your partner. So it's easy enough to say, you did this to me and now I'm mad about it. Okay. It's a little more challenging to say, hey, I'm telling myself a story about you. Mm. And it started at this event. And this event shifted the way I thought about you and the way I thought about our relationship. Mm -hmm, And I don't mm -hmm. like that story. And Mm. somebody can say something like, well, I can't change the past. And I actually don't think that's true. Because, Mm. and this is the example I use all the time, which is if you watch, if you think of any movie you've ever watched ever, and you stop watching that movie 20 minutes before it's over, it means something different than if you watch it with the last 20 minutes. Most movies change the meaning of the past in the last 20 minutes. Interesting. Do you know what I mean by that? Like, because there's a redemption or there's a change or there's a shift in perspective or there's a recovery or there's a reconciliation. And so all of that stuff that they went through in the beginning, the painful stuff Mm -hmm. takes on a, a story of triumph or it takes on a story of recovery or it takes on a story of learning or education and, I think you can change the past by changing the way you 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 understand the narrative. Mm. And so if if I walk in and say, "Hey, I'm t- I'm telling myself a story about you. I've been telling it for 15 years." Mm. And it's starting to like like really affect the way I relate to you. Yeah. And I'd like to, and I'd like to tell a different story. Mm-hmm. Can I tell you the first story and can you help me tell a new one? Mm-hmm. You're like that's that's really different than you wounded me 10 years ago. I've been mad about it ever since. Yeah. I don't know if I can forgive you. And so I want a divorce, Yeah, you know, or whatever, whatever it is, you know? Mm, I think it's really honoring to the relationship when one partner says, this is really affecting the way that I uh, see you, the way that I relate to you. And I love you and honor our relationship enough to want to repair it. And I think that that's a really lovely way to enter into this conversation because our listener is worried about even having this conversation. Maybe they've never discussed resentment or it's just kind of been this like deep hidden secret, but to say you mean enough to me to, be, to want to repair. I want something better out of my relationship with you. 
And how many times have you been talking to a couple and somebody says, well, you did this to me. And they, and this person goes, I, I have no memory of that at all. Yeah. I have no recollection of what you're describing mm-hmm. at all. And so they're not even having the same, they don't, they don't, they're not even the same book. Yeah. Yeah. Much less the same chapter. Right. Or, or the same page, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and I think part of it is going, oh, that's cool. That's cool that you don't remember, but I remember. Mm-hmm. And so I need you to help me re-remember in order to remove some of these things that are toxic to the relationship. Hmm. Oh, man, there's some things I would like to talk about politically that uh, we are going into about re-remembering. And um, but I won't I won't go into that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I would I say, yeah, Negatory. I'm definitely in the I'm definitely in the don't get me started category. Yeah. So. Yep. Um, there is something that I wanted to mention, and that is before we hopped on this podcast, I spent a few hours today emailing churches in the Pacific Northwest area because okay. we have our our workshop that we're doing in Seattle. In, I think it's March 22nd and 23rd um, for couples, the couples retreat. But I've had a couple of churches reach out to me. And so, Zach, um, I would really like to do a tour of the Pacific Northwest. Yeah. I, and, I think you should. Yeah. So I, if there are, if there are any listeners that are out there that are part of a church community or you know what, if you aren't even a part of a church community, but maybe you're even on like the East Coast, but you want for Zach and I to come out and do a retreat for your community, whatever community that might be, then hit us up, hit me up, send me an email, Laura at, uh, in what is our Laura at four better for better than that. Us. Yeah. L-A-U-R-A. Yep. Um, so excited about that. F O R B E T E R B E T T E R. Yeah. <laughs> I N D E P E N D N T. I finally got that wrap down from uh, Macklemore. I N D E P E N D N T. You know what I mean? No. You know what I'm talking about? No. I told I I told you I really aspire to listen to more like hardcore rap. Although Macklemore is not hardcore. No, not hardcore. No. No. I'm still I'm stuck in my Jason Mraz Jack Johnson face. Just that is not rap. I know, I know. I think it's so <laughs> cool though when like moms are rocking in their minivan with their windows down listening to the gangster rap. I want to do that oh so gosh. bad. <laughs> you know, our friend Michael, our friend Michael after the last podcast, he 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 sent me this uh sort of mocking correction because there's a, I guess there's a rapper. There's a rapper I guess called ASAP Rocky. Yeah. Maybe. But I was talking about Aesop Rock, uh-huh. and he was like, "You know, you got it wrong, right?" And I was like, "No, I didn't." In fact, mm-hmm. I so I, I Gen- broadened, generational gap there. I broadened his horizons. <laughs> young <laughs> um, pup, young pup. Yeah. So so yeah, we're interested in doing uh, workshops um, in the Pacific Northwest specifically, but also uh, we're willing to travel if you guys have uh, uh, community. Zach really that would wants to go to from, DC, and I've never been to DC. Really, I just really want to go home. Yeah. That's like a free trip home for me. So <laughs> I understand. Um, yeah. All right. So, well, until next time, Zach, have a lovely day. Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead and get to your appointment on time. Your fake <laughs> appointment that you made up. <laughs> Maybe you can start showing up on time for our podcast. Just saying. Love you. Love you. Bye. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Marriage Therapy Radio. So just speaking about workshops, if you're interested in coming to Seattle, Washington on March 22nd and 23rd, Zach and I will be hosting another marriage retreat on a Friday evening and a Saturday afternoon. You can find registration on our website, marriagetherapyradio.com. 
there is a tab at the top that says workshops. But if you are also a part of a church community, specifically in the Pacific Northwest, and you would like for Zach and I to come out and hold a marriage retreat as part of your church community, send us an email. Let's get the conversation started. Send it to Laura, L-A-U-R-A, at forbetter.us. That's F-O-R-B-E-T-T-E-R dot us. Thanks so much for all the time and energy you're putting into your relationship, making it better today than it was yesterday. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.